You're listening to Coleman Power on the Organic Fitness Podcast. Welcome back to the latest episode on the Coleman Power Organic Fitness Podcast. If you're a new listener to the show, I'd like to welcome you aboard. If you're a previous or current listener, welcome back. So today's podcast is going to be on all things questions and answers that I have pulled from my Instagram and if you're not following me on that, the handle is Coleman Power Organic Fitness, that's C-O-L-M-A-N, if you put in an E, you will not find it. Alright, let's get cracking with these questions. The first one of the questions that we have is exercise based and it's an individual that's after sending it in and the question is, I'm unsure what exercise to do when I go to the gym. So the first thing I'm going to touch on in this question is, what's the end goal? For most of us that are going to the gym, we'd like to tone up, we'd like to lose body fat, and we'd like to build lean muscle. So focusing on that, you need to reverse engineer exactly that. So if that's your end goal, you need to focus on the likes of compound movements. What are compound movements? Compound movements are and incorporate numerous amount of muscles when compared to the likes of isolation muscle exercises such as a bicep curl or a fly exercise so compound movements are the likes of a lat pull down a deadlift a dumbbell press chest press you have a squat you have leg press anything that incorporates numerous muscle groups when carrying out an exercise and why are they recommended over isolation because you not only tear more muscle fibers, but when you tear more muscle fibers, you burn more calories. When you burn more calories, you get into a calorie deficit. And when you're in a calorie deficit that everyone seems to know about already, you burn body fat, right? That's the winner. That's sticking to your eight to 10 rep range if you want to change your body composition as well as tear lean muscle fibers that build you that definition in your shoulders if you're doing shoulder presses, build you that better defined legs build you those upper body strength that you're looking for in your back so those are the first things i'm going to touch on and then with individuals that are training and using weights as a stimulus is slowing down the tempo too many of us going to the gym and we focus on lifting a weight from a to b and getting it there as quick and lifting as heavy as we possibly can which is only going to firstly lead to injury and not only that you're not maximizing the time you're spending in the gym when you go to the gym you should incorporate in exercises failing at the 8 to 10 the hypertrophy rep range to maximize muscle fiber tears to give your body a chance to change its body composition why is that the best rep range because anything lower than that is focused on strength typically it's above the 8 to 10 rep range is more for endurance but if that's what you want if you're unsure of the exercise is what you do and you want to improve your endurance incorporate in higher rep ranges if you want to incorporate in strength into your training you do lower rep ranges however with the hypertrophy based in 8 to 10 you get a little bit of muscle building as well as a little bit of strength and you can even on Drop sets incorporate in a higher rep range that will incorporate and stimulate endurance in your training. All right, another point to touch on when doing exercises, 
I've said it before on the podcast and I'll say it again because some things that are said and said correctly can't be said enough. The likelihood of you doing your weight resistance training over the likes of cardio. Why I'm a major fan of it, because it's resistance style training. You burn calories when you're in the gym, as well as when you're at home. And for most of us, we would look much better if we not only gained lean muscle tissue, but if we incorporated in the, bo- the likelihood of both of them, right? Cardio at the end, because when we're at our glycogen levels at our lower level, we can then get into our fat stores. And then I always encourage people to do high intensity finishers or low state um, finishers. Right? If you're fo- focusing on the low state, you work for a longer duration of time. However, with a quick, I'm much more about in and out of the gym in no more than an hour. Any more than that, it's, it's not necessary. You don't need to spend any longer in the gym than an hour. It's tons of time. People spending two hours, some people even spending three, we're not going down the likes of athlete performing or jumping onto a stage. We don't need that. All we need to do is focus and maximize the amount of time that you are in the gym to benefit you and to fit it into your lifestyle. All right? And with those high-intensity finishers, to get into the, we'll call it the quote-unquote fat-burning zone, it is an area or a heart rate of 220 minus your age. All right? And to focus on the foods that we consume and the energy that we, we consume the, sorry, the foods that we consume and that the energy as a result of that that we get. All right? So when we consume foods, such as carbohydrates, our body's first source of energy is conformed. There's glucose there. Then after that, then there's glycogen that we must burn through. After that, then we get an opportunity to burn into our body fat. Okay? The glycogen is coming from the foods that we consume, as I said, from the carbohydrates that we eat. And that's the body's first source of energy. Remember that, and that is stored in the muscles. So if you have low carbohydrates in your diet, you're going to have low energy, okay? And that, but after that, then we're incorporating a resistance style training that burns down that glycogen level. Think of it as a setting from zero to 10, all right? Your glycogen levels, when you go into the gym, are relatively higher if you're training in the evening because your glycogen stores from the food you consumed that day are in your body and in underneath your muscles, okay? And then they incorporate in the energy levels that you have. So you're starting at the gym, we'll call it an eight, and after that you carry out those resistance style training, you go from an eight to a seven, to a six, to a five, to a four, and then when you incorporate in your finishers, you get from the four to the three to the one, burning out your glycogen levels uh, in your body, then we're moving on into the body fat. So we can use the body fat as a direct fuel source so you can change your body's composition, all right? That's the major breadwinner. That's the, the golden ticket. The information that I wish I knew when I was younger that I'm trying to pass on to other individuals. If that is your end goal, reverse engineer your training to it. All right? And the next thing I want to touch on is trans fatty acids from foods that are highly processed and cooked in oils, but not the healthy oils, the, the vegetable oils. All right? And... This is coming up into the Christmas period. We call it the silly season, some people call it. But as well as that, we're going to come in contact with scenarios and times when there are options, such as nights out, to make healthier food choices. But when we are out, staying away from the likes of these trans fatty acids, choosing foods that are not deep fat fried, okay? Because when we do that, that trans fatty acid goes directly, it's, 
in, in my eyes, there's no benefit. So I do say there's no food, good or bad, but trans fatty acids is up there with, I can find very little positives with it. Okay, deep fat fried food cooked in these vegetable oils are what? Going to cause negative effects directly to your system, to your body, all right? Because when we consume these trans fatty acids, okay, it goes directly to, we'll call it, the visceral fat. It gets stored immediately, all right? And that goes to the back of the queue. So it goes below glucose, below glycogen, below the body fat, below the, it goes into the fourth stage, the trans fatty acids covering your vital organs because that's what the body is actually trying to do is trying to protect the body and it goes straight onto the trunk of your body typically protecting all the likes of your liver and all other organs in that core area all right and then the other um body fat that's typically known as or sorry the other fat see there's two different types of fat Right, as I said, the visceral fat, which is the fat covering your organs, which can give people who have consumed high trans fatty acids for a number of years or number of months, a number of decades, depending on how old or young you are, it can give you that bloated feeling, or call it that beer belly. Okay? That's trans fatty acids, and that's much harder to remove over a longer period of time if you've been consuming trans fatty acids. Okay? Subcutaneous fat, that's the fat that is just underneath the skin, the bit you can pinch at, all right? That's the percentage, typically the percentage of body fat that you have, which we will and do remove when we incorporate in the training that is suited to you, whether it's home-based, whether it's in the gym, whether if you, as I said earlier, if you want to change your body composition, I recommend going to resistance-style training. Even if you have weights at home, the whole thing about it is combining weight-style, resistance-style training with your high intensity, getting that heart rate up in the 220 minus your age, getting into the fat burning zone. All right, and for those of you that are and will be going out over the Christmas, <clears throat> tips and tricks and strategies that I do incorporate in myself and that I pass on to others, all right, is having and reducing the amount of carbohydrates you have in that day or and, and or the day previous. Why is that? Because when we drink the likes of alcohol, such as beer and other beverages that are containing alcohol, they are typically based on one of the macronutrients, which is carbohydrates, all right? And as I said, carbohydrates then can be taken out of the diet the day before or the day of so that we can enjoy those drinks and those beverages, okay? The whole thing of it is we can't or just be strictly one-sided one, one going to the gym, eating healthy, eating we'll call it boring foods that some people like to call it, but the whole thing about it is living a life balance. And how do you do that? You incorporate strategies, you incorporate techniques, such as I said, reducing your carbohydrates that day. And then after your night out, if you can at all possible, reduce the cravings to buy those deep fat fried chips, burgers, pizzas. And if you could hold out till you go home and getting in foods when you go home that were made from single ingredient foods, you could like to put up brown bread. There's going to be, you're going to be at home over the Christmas period. There's going to be brown bread that's going to be there. And another classic one is uh, consuming foods that are high protein. Why? Because protein is not only for muscle maintenance, not only for muscle repair, it's satiating. Keeps you fuller for longer. And it has a thermogenic effect. What the hell does that mean? All right? It means when it's being digested, it takes up a certain amount of calories when you eat it. 
That's amazing. It takes up, it burns calories when you eat it. Yes, protein foods, high protein foods, burn calories when being consumed. Again, another tip, another trick, a bit of information that I wish I had with a younger version of myself. All right, and consuming on that day of the event or of the night out, are you going to have those high calorie foods such as beverages? or even at the Christmas party, eating high fibrous foods that, what, keep you fuller for longer. What are high fibrous foods? The likes of broccoli, apples, spinach, mushrooms, peppers. All these things can be consumed in either a stir fry that you mix up and bring to work that day if it was your night out or Christmas party. You can have them in salads. You can have them any which way you like them. Eat them raw, whatever way you prefer and eat the ones that you like. Don't force any fruit or vegetable on anybody. But I'm just telling you, and these are the tips and the tricks and the strategies that I use myself. All right, which moves me on to my next point is foods that have low GI. And what is GI? GI is the glycemic index. That's what it is. All right, and this is the effect of your blood sugar levels when we consume foods. So take, for example foods that would be typically high on the glycemic index, okay, are white bread, which we would be up on the higher end in the 90s. Okay, the GI scale goes from zero to 100. Okay, so low GI foods with no effect on the glycemic index will be ranked zero to 15. Okay, and examples of these we'll be touching on are herbs, all right, and garlic and onions, and the likes of uh, an indiv- or individual food item that is 55, ranked 55 or less would have a low effect. This is your common fruits and broccoli, your peppers. These are all foods that are ranked low on the glycemic index. All right? And the glycemic index affects, is really what it boils down to is on how it affects your blood sugar levels. And typically it's based on how much carbohydrates are in a food. Okay? And then the moderate um, foods that are ranked 55 to 70, and then foods that are high, ranked high on the glycemic index, are ranked from 70 up upwards. Okay, so now we're going to touch on my eight foods that have little or no effect on the blood sugar levels. All right, these are no particular order, they're just more so by taste <laughs> and my preference. So the first one I mentioned on is garlic. Garlic is what? has very little effect and it's a massive powerhouse of flavor. Whether you have it in your stir fries, which I do recommend adding it into your dishes on a regular basis because it contains antioxidants as well as that uh, that are produced when it is crushed and chopped. Okay, And as soon as you start to crush and chop it, this compound is based from the antioxidant sulfur. Okay, but this is your cooking tip as well as your nutritional tip from me. Okay, this antioxidant is only produced when you crush and open up the cells to the air. Okay, and it's called allicin is what the antioxidant is called. And it gives off this pro- the health benefits of these properties. It's antifungal. And for those who get yeast infections, it can be a major benefit to individuals to consume garlic on a regular basis that can aid and prevent. Because prevention is key in everything and anything, especially in with your diet to do with diseases, to do with infections. And as well as that, with garlic, it can also 
uh, had the effect or it contains antihistamines. So what are antihistamines? Antihistamines are for those individuals who have hay fever or have allergies. This is also a very important one because I used to suffer extremely uh, a lot from the likes of hay fever. Every summer I would come into contact with, because currently I work outside as well as that, and I have my eyes itching, my nose was running and rubbing and friction and it was an awful thing. And I put it down to firstly the likelihood of consuming foods that are from single ingredients and the likes of garlic. Garlic is a regular, regular in my diet. And before I actually move on, that crushing and chopping and exposing the cells of the garlic to produce this antioxidant, which is called allicin. I I don't forget it because it's kind of um, an unusual name. But nonetheless, the whole idea of it is allicin is fully produced after it's crushed and chopped and left to sit and exposed to the air for 30 to 40 minutes, all right? So someone says to me, how in the name of God are we gonna have 30 to 40 minutes? The whole idea of it is you crush it and you chop it and you could do it and put it in last because antioxidants are lost in the cooking process, all right? So the more you cook uh, a food item, the more antioxidants you can lose. So I do recommend to chop it first and then start prepping your other foods, all right? And then chopping them and put, or putting those into your dishes and then putting in your spices and your herbs last, all right? I, uh, iron is also found and zinc, which, what, can improve your endurance. Why, if also found in garlic, why can it improve your endurance? Due to the fact that iron improves your body's ability to transport oxygen around the body and when oxygen can be transported more optimally around the body, you can, your muscles can react quicker, and as well as that, it has the knock-on effect of improving your endurance, all right? Think of you running a race, running in a match. So if you're not having currently garlic on a regular basis, I would highly recommend it, all right? Onions are the next one. Very similar to garlic because they're from the same family, all right? And again, onions and garlic, they're in season. And it, just as a general rule for the likes of foods and antioxidants, because I'm a major believer on, in it and in antioxidants, because it's science-based and backed, the fact is that onions and all other vegetables that are darker in colour have higher antioxidants. So if you were to compare red onions to white onions, higher antioxidants in the red. So if you were to simply just make one change in your diet currently at the minute to consume more antioxidants, a red onion over a white onion would be ticking a box, quite simply. All right, and as well as that, with garlic, you have the likes of... Vitamin C in the green tops, if you have the likes of an onion that is starting to sprout, or spring onions that do have that green leafy material on the front of it. And the likes of mixing your garlic and your onions, you will then be increasing your iron absorption because vitamin C, as we all know, but we typically think of it as vitamin C from oranges or vitamin C from the likes of lemon, can increase iron absorption. But when you mix the like of your greens from your onions, and or your likes of your spinach or anything else, you can increase the iron absorption. Again, improving your health, improving your fitness. That's what it's all about. Who doesn't want to be healthier? Who doesn't want to be fitter? And moving on to number three, we have the green, the leafy greens, all leafy greens. They're not only delicious, right? They're low in calorie, they're nutrient dense. You're going from kale, you're going from spinach, you're going from oriental salads, right? I know these names, oriental salads, Typically, people might know them. They're the rockets. They're your minsunas. All right. Again, these are all in season. All right. Your tatsai, your pak choy. All right. Leafy greens, winter purslane, another classic one. 
All right, it's on my Instagram. It's a massive one for high in vitamin C and it's a real meaty leaf. If you haven't tried it, I'd recommend it. And again, all these vegetables, I'm recommending you to get them organic or as local as you possibly can. All right, because not only what, are they cheaper in the long run, they'll benefit you. Because in the long run, if you want to take supplements, if you want to go to doctor's appointments, if you want to take medication, or you could just get all the benefits from the fruits and vegetables that you consume. All right, now we're getting on to number four, all right, of the low GI foods to consume that don't affect, have little effect on your blood sugar levels. Again, all of these have similar attributes because the fact that they don't have carbohydrates in them, okay? Your pumpkin seeds, all right? Your flax seeds, your sunflower seeds, your chia seeds. I have chia seeds sitting here in front of me, all right? They're classic. Again, they have omega-3 in them. They have iron. All these things are, some people find it that they're, if they have a plant, too much of a plant-based diet, they won't be able to consume enough of their vitamins and minerals, especially omega-3 is one and iron is another one. Because oh, high iron is in, in beef and high iron is in the likes of other red um, meats. But you can, all right? The thing about it is incorporating a varied diet, okay? And the likes of these pumpkin seeds and flax seeds, you can add them into the likes of your yogurt or your porridge in the morning instead of your granola to give you that crunch, getting the likes of healthy fats, all right? And flax seeds also have omega-3 in them. So do chia seeds, all right? And this is the one that we're going to touch on in. The fifth one I'm recommending for the low GI foods are avocados, okay? Avocados are what? Not only a healthy fat that majority of people do know, and just to touch on, fat, eating fats don't make you fat, all right? Eating processed food makes you fat. Eating healthy fats never made you fat, okay? It's one single ingredient food that has major benefits. It has vitamin E, which is good for the sight. It's great for moisturizing from the inside out, all right? And increase the absorption of other vitamins, fat-soluble vitamins and minerals, such as vitamin K, all right, that aids in blood clotting. Right? That's the classic avocado. Adding those in to your regular diet will benefit you. All right? Nuts is another one. See the likes of almonds, you have hazel, you have walnuts, you have peanuts. These are super healthy fats, you see, with little or no carbohydrates again. Because that's where people are worried about carbohydrates. You see, if you start eating the likes of these healthy fats, and what do healthy fats do? The point that I haven't touched on yet. What do they do? They're satiating. They keep you fuller for longer. Incorporating in them into your diet is beneficial to you. But just a point to note that compared to carbohydrates and compared to protein, they have a higher calorie um, output. So for every one gram of fats, there's nine kilocalories compared to protein and compared to carbohydrates, which have four. That's just important to note. All right, but not to say that there are any of them are good or bad. It's the consumption of a whole food, plant-based diet from single ingredient. Organic is what I recommend. Is optimal for beneficial not only for you but for an environment as well. And not people, and we're going to come into contact with that as what the world develops. That we need to consume foods that are good for the environment too. All right, not to be a mayfainer every single day of the year. <laughs> So as I said, they're satiating food, you see, all right? But just to touch on that cashews do have a slightly higher amount of carbohydrates in their contents due to the fact, well, that's just their makeup of the nut in itself, 
All right, the seventh, the second last is herbs and spices. These are one of my favorite, all right, because they're, what, they're low calorie, massive high antioxidants, they're high in flavor, so versatile. If you, Christmas, Christmas coming up, if Santi hasn't come to you already when you get to listen to this podcast, tell him, please tell him to bring you a spice rack, all right? Anything and anything, there's so many different flavors out there, and each one of the herbs and spices have different amount of antioxidants, and something I haven't even mentioned again just yet, what are the health benefits of antioxidants? They reduce oxidative stress. What is oxidative stress? Oxidative stress we come into contact with on a regular basis when we exercise. It's a natural occurrence. However, we can get too much of it from stress. We can get too much of it from the likes of toxic air that we breathe in on a regular basis. We're living in a built-up area, such as the cities. All right? And too much oxidative stress in the body causes negative effects and can cause chronic illnesses as well as causing your body to be in the fight or flight stage for an excessive amount of period of time. So consuming these high antioxidant foods, such as herbs, okay? Some of the high antioxidant herbs are ground cinnamon. You have the likes of cloves. You have the likes of basil, oregano. Again, get a spice rack. You're on to a winner. All right, and the last, the final, number eight of the foods that are low, I uh, rank low on the GI scale, it's the classic egg. Alright, I'm a major fan of it because what it's a complete protein. It contains all nine of the essential amino acids that the body cannot make and we must consume from foods. Alright? Eggs are just brilliant, they're so versatile. Again, they contain very low minimal carbohydrates. They're made up of protein and they're made up of fats, healthy fats. And just to remember and point out that the yolk contains the healthy fats. So some people are worried about cholesterol. However, the half the protein is found in the egg. So that's an important nutritional fact to take on board. All right, so now those are the eight foods that are low. I have low ranked on the GI scale. We're going to move on to the next question that I came in. All right, should I train after a 12-hour shift? All right, and again, if I ever get asked this question, and when I do get asked this question, I say, are there other times that you can get in your training? And even before that, I asked the individual, is training after a 12-hour shift getting you closer to your fitness goal? If it is, you should be training. The whole idea of it is, if you keep doing what you are doing, you keep getting what you're getting. If you want something more, you have to do something extra than you're doing right now. I love quotes too. Major, major fan of them. But the whole idea of it is, right, could you fit in your training at a different time that suits you? There's individuals that work 12, there's individuals that work 14 hours. Could you train a different day? Could you train before work? Is there an opportunity for you to fit in your training at lunchtime? All right, training doesn't have to be over a long period of time. Again, you focus your training off specifically what is your end goal, reverse engineered from that. Could you do after a 12 hour shift, a bit of a home hit exercise? Could you do core exercise if that helps you, if that gets you closer from where you are now to where you want to be? Could you get in a half an hour class? Could you do anything that would get you closer to your fitness goal on that day after that 12-hour shift? You answered these questions, you see. But there's another quote that comes straight to mind is, intelligent people have good answers, geniuses have good questions. So I always ask individuals to try answer their own question because we get closer if you ask yourself why or how can i get to where i am now to where i want to be and they figure it out themselves sometimes when we ask a question we already know the answer 
will just when I'm talking to an individual, you just try work out yourself between that person and another individual. Another important point is not to take information from someone you wouldn't train places with in taking that information from them that they have. So don't ask your friend Sally, don't ask your friend Tim, don't ask Tom for the likes of advice. And, and, and if they're overweight and they're not, I don't know what type of dress size or whatever kind of fitness levels they have and it's not something that you, they have that you want, don't take that advice from them because they don't know either. They're only guessing, all right? Take advice from people who know and some people take that to heart but it's just that the reality that you take advice from people who have the knowledge, who have the expertise that help you and want to help you. That's, that's one of my tips. But I do always fear when people ask me, after a 12-hour shift, should I train? All right, and then to get serious, I do sometimes tell people, you can have excuses or we can blame other people, but you can have excuses or you can have results. All right, there's loads of people that do 12-hour days, including myself. You can do 14-hour shifts and there's people that train. It's all about if you really want something. If you want something you currently don't have, you have to work for it. You have to put in the time. You have to put in the effort. Whatever you may priority gets done in a day. All right? And that works in all areas of life. The whole thing about it is if you want something to happen, you go make it happen. Don't wish for it. Don't say a prayer. Don't hope you get fitter. Don't hope you get healthier. Don't hope and pray that there might be some healthy food at home in the press. If, no, if you didn't buy it, or your partner, or your girlfriend, or your mother, or your father, you have to go and get it. You see, it's not easy, but it's not meant to be easy. Right? If it was easy, everyone would have the best, the better physique. Everyone would have the, the what? Anything that they ever wanted. All right? The whole thing about it is, life doesn't give you what you want. Life gives you what you deserve. And how do you get what you deserve? You work hard for it. You put in the time. You're putting in the effort. And, and, and that's, that's just one of the things that I do live my life by and it's, it's served me to date. All right, and we're going to move on to the next question that came in from Instagram. <laughs> and I, was, I was kind of firstly shocked and I didn't know what to say and then I thought for it, I was like, oh yeah. So the question is, what's my favourite dessert? All right, coming from a country background um, from Waterford and having the likes of uh, apple trees out the back. One of my favourite desserts of all time has to be apple crumble. It's just a winner, hands down. But to point out, I wouldn't have it on a regular, I wouldn't have it every day. I wouldn't even have it, let's say, twice a week. Or I wouldn't even have, I want to, you point out that if what you do on a consistent basis, the majority of the time will get you the majority of your results. If you look at someone who has a physique that you want, do you think they're consuming treats on a regular basis? Do you think they're going out on weekends, on, weekday, on weekdays, <laughs> on week-long holidays where they're overindulging on the likes of these sweet treats, biscuits, cakes, crisps, rolls with low-nutrient-dense foods that are high in calories? Well, if you do, you're codding yourself. It's not. They're eating on the, and what they're factoring them in to their trainer. That's what they do and that's what I do as well. All right? If I am going to have the likes of a meal out or if I'm going to have a dessert as made, like such as apple crumble, 
I incorporate a training, my training and my foods to match my activity levels. All right, I make sure I train that day. Okay, if I was going to have the likes of a meal out and or an apple crumble, I reduce down my carbohydrates, which is similar to the tip and the trick I gave for individuals that are going out for work parties, that are going out for Christmases, Christmas on their on their holidays over the Christmas period. All right. So what I, what I am doing as well as that, so I'm doing reducing down my carbohydrates the day before and the day of, all right? And as well as that, I'm eating foods that are high in protein, that are not only for muscle repair, not only for muscle maintenance, but they're satiating. They're satiating, and we touched on it again, they have that thermogenic effect. They break, they, as they're being broken down, they burn calories. Absolute winner. All right, and as well as that, then it's not the norm. It's not what I currently regularly fit into my diet. I much prefer to consume foods that are beneficial to me that give me energy. Okay, which brings me on lovely to the last and final question: is what is the best carbohydrate to eat? All right, the best carbohydrate to eat. There is no you can go to which one ways of this. Okay, there are ideas of there is no best anything it's carbohydrates being the body's first source of energy there are two types of carbohydrates okay carbohydrates being simple carbohydrates which can be found in the likes of white bread white pasta white rice okay it give you a quick release of energy which can be incorporated into a diet just fine which i'll discuss in just after i tell you the second type of carbohydrate which is a complex carbohydrate and what are complex carbohydrates complex carbohydrates are the likes of your brown rice your brown bread your brown pasta and sweet potato okay that just means an oat is another one that can, they take a longer duration of time to be broken down right which gives you a slower release of energy okay which doesn't affect what people which is i recommend people to consume on more of a regular basis than the simple ones okay and when are the times that you would recommend or i would recommend to eat the likes of white bread white pasta white potatoes and it is when you want a quick release of energy and when is that okay this is something again this is another i've after touching on three topics there that information that i wish i could have had when i was at a younger stage of training younger stage of me when i was heavily involved with sports being GA based predominantly I played soccer as well I played hurling at up to a high standard I played senior hurling in Waterford and as well as that I used to incorporate in some of these but even more the information that I consume now would benefit me and other individuals that are currently training and playing sports based activities okay so carb loading is something that I want to touch on okay the likes of consuming carbohydrates, the di- filling up your glycogen stores, which we touched on earlier, which is um, energy that is underneath, formed underneath the muscles, okay? So you're filling up your glycogen levels with complex carbohydrates the day before an event, a race, a run, a sports-based activity, whether it be hurling, football, camogie, okay? When you do that, your glycogen levels and your energy levels are going to be at their max, okay? So then we move on to the next day, the day of the event, We'll take the typical example at the match is on at five o'clock, okay? So we're going to get up in the morning, we're going to have a complex carbohydrate topping up our glycogen stores because as we sleep, we burn some sort of 
we, bought, we used up some of our glycogen stores, just a small amount, so we're having our carbohydrates again, topping up our glycogen stores. Then we're moving on to lunchtime. We're having a, com a lighter complex carbohydrate, nothing too heavy. You can go for the likes of a brown pasta, a brown rice, you can go for brown bread, and then maybe two hours before the game, okay, you're having your simple, complex carbohydrates that will give you a quick release of energy whether it's white rice whether it's white pasta or it's white potatoes okay that are sometimes demonized they are going to give you that quicker release of energy and that is at an optimal time for you to use that to your advantage using foods to your advantage okay that is a tip that i would highly recommend individuals to use when choosing carbohydrates okay and those are all the questions that I've pulled from my Instagram page. So I hope you've enjoyed the latest podcast with myself. And if you wanted to check out my Instagram page, I'll just give you that handle there again. That's Coleman Power Organic Fitness. And I also have a Facebook page. That's Coleman Power Organic Fitness as well. And as I said, if you wanted to know anything about nutrition, about organic vegetables, about fitness, about health in general, you send me a message. I keep it anonymous. And if you want to hear or see anything, you contact me. And as I always say, stay tuned, stay classy, and keep it organic. Hey, I just wanted to come on here and say thanks very much for listening to the latest episode of the Organic Fitness Podcast. If you got any value from it at all, I really would appreciate it. You can share it with just one individual, whether that be word of mouth, whether it be on social media, hashtag <laughs> Organic Fitness Buzz Compound Effect. All right, hope you enjoyed this latest episode. And as well as that, if you are listening to it on iTunes, I really would appreciate if you could give us a review. That'd be doing me a massive favor. And you goddamn well know this is the best goddamn fitness podcast out there. Stay classy, stay tuned, and keep it organic. <laughs>